Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We welcome you back if you're a return listener. Uh, we, uh, if you're a brand new listener, we want to make a special invitation to you to uh, c- enjoy this broadcast with us today and come back again and let's take this line upon line precept upon precept. We don't want to miss any of God's instructions to us as children of the Lord. And by the way, if you're not a child of God, don't, uh, I started to say, don't turn that dial. We're not on radio anymore. Uh, Don't exclude yourself from the study of God's Word. God wants you to know more about Himself and His plan for your life and your destiny, but not only your eternal destiny, but your your time here upon the earth. Uh, some someone has has defined Bible uh, as basic instructions <laughs> before leaving the earth. Praise God. B I B leaving earth basic instructions before leaving earth well we need some of these basic instructions before we leave this body and leave this world so we know that we know that we know where we're going to spend eternity. And then beyond that, we need instructions of how to live successfully and victoriously as children of God in this faulty body, in this fallen world. Praise God. And what we want to uh, deal with, the subject we're dealing with is spiritual instability and how instability can rob us of our blessings as children of of God, actually, our birthright blessings. We have a we have a a legacy. We have a birthright of victory. Praise God, Amen. But even beyond that, we are in a time prophetically called the last days. I always use the term last of the last days because I believe that the coming of the Lord is that near. I believe biblically and and looking out at at the the world as it is today, the culture as it is today, that it marks this day as the last of the last days. The coming of the Lord surely is near. And there are several scriptures relating to things that would be occurring in a time such as this. And one of the things that would be occurring is now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times or the last days, uh, many, uh, many false prophets would go into the earth and deceive many. That's one of the signs of the last day. And the Spirit speaketh expressly that some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Therefore, false teachers are able to deceive the ignorant and the unstable. And that's what we want to address today is this great danger. Jesus was asked in Matthew's gospel, what shall be the sign of thy coming? When shall these things be? And one of the things he said, one of the outstanding things that would mark the time just before his coming would be that many false prophets will go out into the earth and deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's why there's a departing from the faith, because the real, genuine, 
sweetheart love for Christ, the first love, is now waxing cold, and people begin to drift away. Now, I want to say something about all of this. Spiritual instability that allows for these things is directly linked to spiritual immaturity. I want to say that again. Spiritual instability is directly linked to spiritual immaturity. Some people grow old, but they never grow up. And that's not just true of a Christian and our spiritual life. That's true of of people in general. I know people that are very mature at 20 years of age. And I know people in their late 70s that act like little children that carry their feelings on their sleeve, that are so easily offended uh, that, that the devil chases them out of every church they try to go to because something will ultimately happen to disappoint them and they will just walk away and hold that in their heart and use it as an excuse for not interacting with the body of Christ uh, and just go and pet their hurt uh, instead of have oil and wine pour it in the wound and get up and go on for God and enjoy the benefit and the blessing of the covering that is offered through a good pastor and the covering that is offered through people that will join you in prayer, stand with you, lift up your hands when they hang down and strengthen your legs when they become feeble. Praise God. Amen. So the Bible speaks of growing up spiritually so that we can become stable and not lose the blessings and benefits of spiritual maturity and not be deceived or defrauded out of that that is rightfully ours in Jesus Christ. Become faithful that we might become fruitful in the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians today and that thought of growing up and being able to not be deceived by false teachers. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 11. And speaking of Christ, it said, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. He gave. Jesus has said in the church what is commonly called the five-fold ministry. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and it doesn't say, and some teachers. It says, some pastors and teachers. And the way this is worded grammatically, and listen to what it it is saying. I believe there is a teaching ministry and a teaching calling that someone is called to teach not just in Sunday school, but to the body of Christ. I believe you can be a teacher and not be a pastor. But I do not believe that you can be a pastor and not be a teacher. Because you can't feed the flock of God, the food that is designated in the Word. And we're told that we are to feed the flock of God as spiritual leaders over whom the Holy Spirit has made us an overseer. Feed the flock of God. I love Jeremiah 3.15 in the Old Covenant. God said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart, and they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
in order to feed with knowledge and understanding, you have to be able to teach accurately the Word of God. So you can be a teacher and not be a pastor, but you can't be a pastor and not be a teacher. That's why it says, and some pastors and teachers. And all of this is for the perfecting, verse 12, of the saints for the work of the ministry. This word perfecting simply means maturing. Maturing is not going to give you a sense that I have arrived at some some grand apex of my spiritual walk. No, no, no. It means that you're mature enough to know how far you have to go. Amen. <laughs> to be where God wants you to be and, and whom He wants you to be like. It's for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And the next verse tells you where the ministry begins. You may be called to be a pastor in a pulpit. You may be called to be a missionary in a foreign field. There are different kinds of evangelists to the nations like Billy Graham. But the ministry here in context is how we relate to one another within the body of Christ. So I want you to see this ministry here beginning in sowing into one another, edifying one another, building up one another. For the work of the ministry, comma, for the edifying, building up of the body of Christ. This is the primary ministry that when you get mature in the Lord, you see that we're not just called to go to the nations. We're called, <laughs> amen, to our brothers and our sisters in Jesus. Till we all come, verse 13, in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, again, mature, complete, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now that is becoming just like Jesus. And that is your destiny, and that is mine. It is progressive we won't be fully like Him. We will always have somewhere to go. And there, there, therein we will have some, some ways to go. We'll have some ways to grow as well. But it does mean that our whole Christian life and everything that touches our life, God will weave it into the fabric of His eternal purpose for every one of us. And it allows us to cooperate with God's process of perfecting us throughout our entire lifetime as a Christian. You never, ever come to a plateau or an apex where there's not room to grow and a place to go. Praise God. It's an adventure, I'll tell you that. I haven't arrived. Paul said, I haven't apprehended that, that Christ apprehended me to apprehend. Amen. But he did say this. He said, forgetting the things that are behind, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Some would say he's trying to get to that place where he, uh, he's, he's assured of the resurrection, and that's really not what it's saying to me. I believe the prize of the high calling 
is when we become what God has predestined us to become, and that is the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Amen. When He comes, we will see Him as He is, the Scriptures declare, for we shall be like Him. Praise God. Amen. Corruptible will put on incorruption, (laughs) and mortal will put on immortality. Praise God. See, the Bible said, All things work together for good, Romans eight twenty eight to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. Verse 29 designates His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He did predestine to be conformed to the image of His Son. Hallelujah. Now, First Peter chapter 4 opens this up. It said, For as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he not live his life to the will of the flesh, but to the will of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in the volume of the book it is written, I did not come, in in the volume of the book it is written, I came to do thy will, O God. And in the garden of Gethsemane, he deferred to God to keep that commitment. And he said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. And he was, let this mind be in you, you see which was also in Christ the Lord, though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. Hallelujah. He made of himself no reputation, took on himself, humbled himself, and took on himself the form of a servant, and became obedient even unto the death of the cross. Hallelujah. You see, this is God's purpose in us to make us more like him. And if he put us in a bubble, if by faith we could manipulate everything in our life to never cause any heartache or heartbreak or weaken us to the extent that we would be qualified for his grace and and discover the sufficiency of it, we would never, ever, ever become more like Jesus who learned obedience through the things that he suffered. This is not suffering defeat at the hands of the enemy. This is recognizing the weakness of our own flesh in order that we might exclusively trust in God, his strength, his grace, his peace, his mercy. When the flesh fails us, God is faithful to us. And when we are weak, by the the circumstances of life that that will occur, occur to every one of us in a faulty body in a fallen world. Paul said, when I am weak and look to God, then am I made strong. Literally, when I'm weak, then am I made strong. His grace is sufficiency. He discovered the sufficiency of the grace of God, not the sufficiency of the power of God, not the sufficiency of the strength of God. You know, the Holy Spirit gives us miracle working ability. Grace gives us stability. 
Amen. The ability to do miracles in a discouraged man or woman or a deceived man or woman is not going to do God or you any good. But the, 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 the charismata, the dunamis of God, the power of God in your life through a person that is on a foundation of fidelity and faithfulness to God, that is a weapon in the hands of God against the enemy. And that is a useful vessel in the hands of God to further his kingdom. Glory be to God. Amen. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. You see this this growth in God, this maturing in God is so important to our walk with God and our work for God, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness wherein they lie in wait to deceive. Now Jesus put it this way, if the blind lead the blind, Everyone ends up in the ditch. Everyone ends up in deception. And everyone ends up in destruction. Listen carefully. It is so important that we are able to get a foundation in the truth of God's Word to such a degree that we're able to discern good and evil, even when good, evil parades itself as good. You know, the Bible said in no marvel if Satan himself be manifest as an angel of light and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. How can you tell it apart? If an angel appears to you, illuminated in glorious light, how do you know that this isn't a deceiving angel, that this isn't the devil in disguise, a wolf, therefore, in sheep's clothing? How do you know? When he opens his mouth, and begins to speak. Even if an angel bring another gospel, let him be anathema, let him be accursed. Why? Because he's bringing error that will deceive and ultimately destroy. Friend of mine, we need to know the Word of God so that if an angel appears to us and begins to speak despite the truth in God's Word, that we would not only let God be true and every man become the liar, but even angels, even angels, even angels are subject to the authority of God's holy Word. Hallelujah. And we can test their authenticity when they open their mouth, not just by what we see or feel, but what they say when they open their mouth. If it's inconsistent or if it stands absolutely opposed to the truth revealed in the Word of God, we're to tell the angel to hit the road. I don't mean that in disrespect to heavenly beings. I'm talking about not listening cowering down or bowing down. Amen. But standing up for truth and standing 
on the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But speaking the truth in love, verse 15, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Now I want to address this ministry to the body initially before a pulpit ministry or an evangelist ministry or a teaching ministry or a missionary ministry. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body, see this is all about the body, fitly joined together, compacted and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, amen, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase. See, that's that edifying, that building up of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. Oh, friend, this is what this is all about. And the fivefold ministry here to the church is to establish us in the faith, grow us in the faith, until we are rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. We're on such a foundation of truth that we will not be deceived, particularly down through all time, but particularly in the last times, in the latter days, in the latter times. The Spirit speaks expressly or specifically. Some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is what allows for the falling away. This is what causes the falling away. Literally, this instability because of immaturity. Listen carefully. This, this, this devotion that isn't mature and healthy and strong, but this, this kind of double-mindedness, this, this instability, this, this driven by the wind and tossed instead of standing true and strong. Oh, friend of mine, what shall, what shall be the sign of thy coming? When shall these things be? One of the things that is outstanding that Jesus said that we need understanding about is this. Many false prophets will go out into the earth and deceive many. Not everybody, but many. It's very disconcerting to know how many people are deceived by false teachers today in the church of Jesus Christ. Not the denomination, but in the church at large, regardless of denomination. And because iniquity shall abound, because of false teachers, false teaching, false Christians many times among the true, the love of many will wax cold. You see, the Bible said that day shall not come. The coming of the, the Antichrist and the, and the coming of the tribulation. That day shall not come unless there come a falling away first. Then the son of perdition. Then the beast, then the Antichrist shall be revealed. I believe that we're beginning to see the falling away occur. And it is because that we have seen this absolute, uh, just permeating of, of the Christian community with false teachers and false doctrine. 
And I just want you to know the Bible is true. We need to let God be true. And every man become the liar. And even if an angel bring another gospel. Once we have seen and assimilated into our heart and spirit the true gospel. We can recognize, immediately identify the false gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, today God wants us to grow up in Jesus and grow strong in Jesus and become fruitful for the furthering of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. In contrast to the unstable souls, the mature Christian is characterized by stability. A man can count on the mature Christian's faith to remain constant regardless of the nature of the attack that is launched against it. No doubt about it, spiritual maturity will bring spiritual stability. Praise God, a mature Christian is rooted and grounded in his commitment to Christ. He is rooted and grounded in love as well. In Ephesians 3.17 declares that his love for God is the first and foremost in his life. And hence the stable Christian is not the kind of man or woman who must decide anew whether or not he's going to serve Jesus. He doesn't have to choose every time some major or minor problem confronts him in life. He's made his commitment to Jesus, and he's going to be faithful to it. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.17 says it, doesn't it? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, See, this is where that deep devotion comes from. Rooted and grounded in love. Two terms here. One from agriculture, rooted. The other from architecture, grounded. In other words, love is the foundation upon which we grow and build and stand. Hallelujah. Rooted and built up in Him, Colossians 2, 7 says. And established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in Him, in Christ, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. One of the great questions that Jesus asked in closing, He said, When I return to the earth, shall I find faith? Shall I find faith? And the word here, pistis, is not used for that, that active faith. This is descriptive of faithfulness. It is actually the word for fidelity. It, it, it is a term that the Marine Corps uses about their commitment to, the, to their patriotism, their commitment to their country and to one another and to their duty. Their, their slogan is Semper Fidelis. In Latin, that means always faithful. You can hear out of Fidelis, faithful. This word faith is that word Fidelis in the sense of its context. 
Jesus said, when I'm looking for when I return are those people that are being faithful unto me, faithful to my truth, faithful to my 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 person, faithful to me, faithful to the word of God, faithful to to their faith. Hallelujah. Contending for the faith. This is what he's looking for. And today we want to stand up for Jesus. Stand up. Stand up. That we might stand out in a culture that is ever darkening. That we might shine as lights in the world. That we people might see our good works. And it's not talking about, you know, philanthropy. It's not talking about doing good deeds alone. That's secondary. Primarily the good works is how faithfully we follow Christ. People will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. I believe it was Tertullian, a historian during the Christian era, who wrote about Christians. You know, Jesus said, by this shall all men know. This is that good work. This is one of those good works that causes them to recognize that we are the disciples of Jesus. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. One to another. See, that's the body ministering to the body, to the building up and edifying of the body. And it becomes a witness to the world that we are the true followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By this shall all men know. God wants the world to know He has a people. And He wants the world to know that we have a God. And so Tertullian saw this emerging new Christian movement, this new faith, and he said of them, when they meet one another, they greet one another, even if they have never known each other before that meeting, as if they were long-time friends. He saw the love manifest between brothers and sisters in Christ and he, he, he recognized them as the followers of Jesus Christ. Witnesses unto him in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Praise God. Well, we're getting right down into the nitty-gritty of God's truth today. And I pray today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior that you will determine in your heart that you will not leave this world without knowing Christ, that you will come to Him, look to Him as your Lord and Savior. Don't run from Him anymore. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Bow before Him. Fall upon your face. Fall upon your knees. Bow your heart if you're where you can't bow your head right now. And say, Jesus, I've sinned. You know that. That's why you came. That's why you died on the cross. So I could be forgiven. So I could be restored. And have fellowship with God. And relationship to Him. 
And I repent of my sins. I confess them. And I receive your forgiveness and reconciliation. And from this time forward, I'm going to desire the milk of the Word so I can grow. The meat of the Word so I can flow. (laughs) Hallelujah. And be part of that great growing number that are anticipating your soon coming. And know that I'll be kept by the truth of God and the power of God until you're appearing. And come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.